You are now tuned in to the Thrive Without Limits podcast, where I'm your host, Jake Deichler, an Olympic athlete, devoted husband, and proud father. Join us each and every week as we bring you insightful conversations and powerful lessons designed to help you thrive in all areas of your life. Let's get started. Hey, wrestling enthusiasts, Jake Deichler here. Today, we're diving in the world of wrestling with the one and only Jared Lawrence, a national champion, four-time All-American, and partner of one of the best wrestling clubs in the country, Pinnacle Wrestling. Get ready for some top-tier insights as we discuss PNL, postseason mindset, and the secrets to long-term wrestling success with the one and only Jared Lawrence. All right, everybody, we have Jared Lawrence on the show. Thanks for coming on, Jared. You betcha. How are we doing today, man? We're good. Good. Um, now, I was looking back. I wanted to start off with this, with PNL a little bit. Can you tell... Like, I, first of all, I was looking into it. I think it's awesome. The Premier National League. Can you talk a little bit about what that is, where it started? Like, can you just tell us, all the listeners, about that a little bit? Well, um, yeah. I think, like, so the, in the wrestling world, we're, like, we're very close. Everybody's getting to be pretty good friends. I mean, you have some people that, like, I competed against, right, that I don't totally get along with. But a, a, most of them, we do. And I, you have all your connections with all these college coaches. You get some good like clubs that are out there that just have really good connections. And um, it kind of started years ago. I was meeting up with Jody Strip Matter and we were doing like a Young Guns, you know, a handful of people and a handful of Pinnacle people. And then we had this guy named Mike Matten um, and he hosted everything in Ohio. And we just, we did this, this camp called the Hammer Camp. And it was basically a bunch of Ohio kids, Young Guns, and then Pinnacle Kids, and it was phenomenal. So we were like, "Man, this is amazing. We have to we have to utilize this resource a little bit more." And we did that for like two or three years. Had a blast. Met good people. Um, you know, like Bassett's were there. So like, we had a situation where Raymond one time we had we had, we took a camper, and I had a couple dads come with to help chaperone. And, and Raymond, uh, Josh Raymond, sleptwalked into the Pennsylvania RV that we, they were like parked right next to each other. And they were the exact same RV. And it was, it was hilarious. The next morning, you know, he, he, he wakes up, you know, like sleepwalks, wakes up and, um, and he comes up to me the next morning and he's like, Hey, you see those, those guys over there that are eye mugging me. And it was like Bassett and Vinny's Kilkiri's dad. And um, I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, I kind of slept walk into their uh, camper last night and it's a little awkward. And um, so I went over and we broke the ice and, and like, we're all very close because of that situation that we all laughed about. You know, we laugh about it for years afterwards. Right. Yeah. So we're meeting all these people. Everything is doing good. And we, the next year we had like Max Askren brought some um, Askren kids and, and came and we, we share, we do clinic like Jody runs a, a practice. I run a practice. Askren ran a practice. Um, so it was just like, like it started off, like, like there was no league part. Everything was just like trying to utilize each other to get better. So cool. And then, um, you know, you had this COVID thing hit and we're like, well, there's nothing really going on. Can we try to do more of these things? And we started talking over COVID about how we can keep this, um, some of this stuff going. Um, and then my daughter plays soccer for, um, Minnesota Thunder academy yeah. and that's in a soccer league called the ecnl so elite clubs national league in soccer and um they just do a ton of stuff like recruiting wise now the the soccer world in recruiting and the wrestling world in recruiting is completely different because a coach can sit down and watch a six-minute match on their phone or laptop or whatever and they can kind of see what's going on in the soccer world you can't you're not going to sit down and watch a mat, you know, like a game for an hour to, to watch a person play. So what they do is they bring, they'll have a showcase event, right? Like I think maybe in like two weeks, my daughter's got to go to Florida and they, they call it a showcase event. And there will probably be 150 coaches that are there. Wow. Right. And so, and it's, it's really cool. They get all these, all the coaches have these little white chairs so like on one side of the field, you have all the parents, the other side is the teams and the coaches. And then on the corners, you see all these white chairs and you know that those are college coaches. You don't necessarily know who they are because they're across the way, but 
it's really cool for these girls to just see that there are coaches that are there watching them. And I just, I'm starting to kind of pick around and I was like, gosh, I wonder if, um, you know, wrestling could do something like this. Right. So then like Astrid, Jody, Izzy, you know, we just kind of started doing zooms for like, like a year, maybe like kind of during that COVID era and different things. So we started just kind of, um, like, talking about like what can we do and then you know we'd go to a tournament I went to one tournament like in New York and it was it's not bad but like like I'm getting done with the out of the like the match before me so I got some pinnacle guys we're up next and in the corner this this dude who just lost he's just getting chewed on like and they're in the corner like I'm I'm like trying to dodge the guy I'm like my my match is actually 30 seconds into it. Do you guys mind if you just yell at each other? Just, just you know, get out of the corner. You know, just like simple etiquette stuff. Just normal, and then you see kids normal. that are, you, you know, they're slamming their headgear down. And then kids are like fighting, you know, and they're just, they're just, the, the character of everything we talked about was just awful. Yep. Right? Like, why can't we, why can't we just get along? Yeah. Like, like wrestling's super hard. It was a very hard sport. I mean, you're grinding, right? You're having to cut weight. You're beaten down, right? You're losing and you're the only one out there. The humility side is just it, it's horrifying. I mean, you got grown men that are crying when they lose, right? I mean, it, it just, it hurts, man. It hurts. And I was like, we don't need all this other stuff. Like, why can't, why can't we, why can't we wrestle each other as hard as I can? Like, I'm going to put everything on the line, but at the same time, I can still respect you. Some people don't look at it that way, right? Iowa mentality, like, they're like, no, we don't respect anybody. Yeah. You know, but I was like, that is, I just don't, I don't, I don't believe in that. I think I can still wrestle you as hard as I can. I'm going to do everything in my power to beat you in that match. But at the end of the match, I'm going to look you in the eye and I'm going to say, dude, that was a great match. Like, yeah. whether I won or lost, like that was a great match. Like we both put it on there. We're both wrestlers. We we understand the sport. Like, why can't we do that? As soon as you get out of wrestling, then your network of wrestling is awesome. I talked to so many people, right? That are like, I will hire a wrestler over anybody else because I know they're gonna outwork the next guy. They yeah. may not even be qualified. Yeah. But I know they will outwork everybody else. Like that's the network. That's what we that's what we need to like try to understand. So we have one aspect of the um, of the league that is like trying to work for our clubs, right? Yep. How do we how do we help our clubs, right? So like uh, eventually, um, in in the in the world of my daughter's soccer, yep. most good soccer girls will end up at MTA because they're the only club that's a part of this ECNL league within Minnesota. Okay, so it doesn't matter who you are really if you want to play college soccer you have to get into this league now the soccer world and wrestling world is different yeah but so that's where we were kind of trying to figure out how leagues how how this league can help each individual club if we can get the league you know to a big enough point there there may be people that will come over because we're we're in the we're in this league right so that's one aspect of it you can kind of help your own business the the other aspect is well-run tournaments not yeah. tournaments that are trying to get 4,000 people and just trying to money grab. Yep. Like, and I, I got nothing against USA Wrestling. I love what they do. They've done a okay. ton for me. They do a ton for the sport. But for some of their youth stuff, it's like, you know, as soon as you lose, you're a 111, wrestle back. Yep. Right. And they're just trying to get, get through it. Right. A lot of tournaments do that. It's just as soon as you lose, we don't care about you, 111. So we are like, we have to get out of that aspect of it. So all of our tournaments, one is we want to be in and out of the gym in six hours. Wow. Like from start to finish, nobody wants to be in a gym over six hours. No. If you're in a gym for nine hours. You're like the last three hours, you're just like punching yourself in the face and like looking at like how much longer do we got to be in here? So we have to have it and we're working on it because we're not tournament people, right? And it just takes time. And yeah. when the, the way we kind of set things up, everybody's guaranteed four matches. Okay. Right. No matter what, sometimes, you know, you get like five or seven or something, just the way it works out, but you're guaranteed four matches. Um, it's a full match. Um, we're trying to get it to the point where you can, it'll be in a light competition, yeah. which means like, let's say you're a state placer, you're going to wrestle other state placers. Cause that's where you're at. Well, there's a lot of wrestlers that aren't state placers. 
Yeah. Right. And then, then they just want to be a part of something. So we need to make it to where the other people that aren't state placers, you're wrestling other people that aren't state placers. So the four matches you're getting are good quality matches. You're not going out and tech falling somebody, you know, or pinning them in 30 seconds. Right. It just doesn't happen. So that the only issue with that is it hurts our time. Like track wrestling has an algorithm that says, Hey, when you do 700 matches, here's your match time. Well, they're also counting for a bunch of pins and we aren't having that because everybody that we're wrestling are very similar alike people. So they're just, they're not pinning each other. They're, they're four to two match. They're six to two match. Um, so, but it's really cool that you can bring somebody and they can get four good quality matches. They're not getting killed. They're not killing people. Tournaments need to get run smooth. So that's, that's another aspect of it is the tournament setting a good atmosphere. Everybody's respectful. And we've done a really good job about that. We have to keep talking about it. Every, every tournament, we have to sit down and say, Hey, the sport is hard enough. We yes. don't need parents acting like morons. Yep. Right. We don't need kids acting up like, you know, have some honor, whether you win or lose, or that's a bad call. Like you got to have some honor with it. Yep. Um, so that's, that's another aspect of it. And then I would say the third aspect is trying to get into the recruiting side of it. Right. And it's just tricky. We all know all the coaches, yes. but not all the coaches want to spend their, you know, like the college coaches are gone a lot. Like they're gone 25 weekends out of the year. So when they have an off weekend, they don't necessarily want to be at a tournament. They go to a few tournaments. You know, if you, if you look at college coaching, they all go to a very, very few tournaments. So yep. we're trying to get it to where those tournaments might be one of ours so that we yep. can get a lot of college coaches there. But I think more than that is if we can, like we've talked about a bunch of different stuff that all costs money, but we could have like a PL database. Yes. Um, that, that a college coach, you watch a guy at Fargo, let's say, for example. Yep. You only know the state he's from, but you're like, man, that guy's pretty good. He's from Wisconsin. He's like, I'm going to go to the PNL website and I'm going to see if he's a, an Aspen Wrestling Academy guy, right? So they go to this thing, boom, they type in the name, the name pops up. He's got his whole bio sheet. It's got everything that you need. It's got his club. It's got his club coach. It's got everything that you need for this guy to actually do some more recruiting instead of these guys having college coaches trying to, if they have to work really hard at it, like they might just be like, yeah. Yeah. I'll just write his name down and come back to it. But if we can make it very easy where it's, it, it basically has everything we need to know about the guy. It's got his GPA. It's got his strength. It's got his weaknesses. It's got his high school coach. It's got his club coach. It's got his school. It's got his division. It's got everything. Maybe there's some highlights on there that we can work with where that that's very easy for them. Now they know that like everything they got is right there. Like, okay, I got it. And they're going to know that, he's going to be pretty well off with the clubs that we have. If you have an Astron guy or a Pinnacle guy or, you know, like an M2 guy, right? Those are the, the eight founding teams are Young Guns, Pinnacle, Izzy, you know, it's out of Illinois, yep. um, Astron, uh, MWC, which is my wrestling club out of Nebraska, yep. um, M2, another Pennsylvania team with David Taylor, uh valiant out of arizona oh. um and then there's one more who am i missing oh and then <laughs> daniel cormier yes 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 i mean that's who's like the hardest man in the world to try to like organize <laughs> he's like what we got a tournament coming up you'll be there right <laughs> i was like yep that's i uh, yep april 5th is our next tournament somebody just has to like send him like individual texts like hey just so you know we have a tournament in two months that's so awesome. I mean, that's an amazing group of coaches and well, I love it. It checks all the boxes. Like you said, the, even from the long-term development standpoint, I love it. I think it checks all the boxes. Like you said, the character development, the, the timeliness of turn, like everything about it is like, man, how could you not get excited? I think it's absolutely awesome. Yeah, it's good. And our, well, so we do some national ones. We also do like, like little showcase regional ones. Yep. So that can be a little smaller. People can drive to it. You're not flying to every event. But yep. with those, we always have a practice with it. So you have a tournament on Saturday, and then everybody um, does a practice the next day. We make it real cheap. Sometimes we hire in a guest clinician. Sometimes it's just one of us, and we just run a practice. It's not like a camp. It's not just a bunch of moves. It would be like, all right, here's the pinnacle. We're going to run practice today. We're going to run practice like 
like we would run a practice, oh. right? It's going to be more Midwest. It's going to be a little bit more hand fighting, a little bit more controlled ties, sparring in those positions. But then like you might have Afrin run a practice and then it's, it's, it's about, you know, like just sparring in different defensive positions. Like, Hey, we're going to get here and go. Here's three things I want you to work on. Go work on it. Bring it back in questions. Who's got questions. And you know, like four people. Okay. Here's the question. Okay. Here's the, Here's what we're going to do for that. He's got a question. Guy does this. We're going to do this and this. Okay, go work on it. You know, like it's just a, it's a totally different practice plan. Yeah. Right. And then Jody Strip Matter might get in and it might be all top, all top and bottom. He loves top and bottom. Right. So like yeah. he'll just completely, yes. he'll completely go with a completely different style of how things are. So it's just, it's, it's really fun to do that. And I, the idea behind that is that we're, we're utilizing each other to get better. So like we're looking bigger picture. You're like, not on an I get island it. anymore. You're not on an yeah. island. You guys are collaborating. I get it. We just we just wrestled each other, right? And you beat me. But now I'm gonna try to use your skills to get myself better for the bigger picture. Instead of just looking right now in this moment, I'm trying to get better for you know six months from now. I want to get better. And to do that, I I need to work out with you. Right. So it's 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 coming. I just talked to um a guy down at Iowa and he was saying that um it was awful like the the there was like crowd was like booing certain wrestlers yeah um like it was just like people like you talking about the Iowa Penn State duel no no this was just the high school the Iowa high school state tournament was oh, just last yeah, weekend. that was last weekend that's right and he, he was just saying that like there was like several wrestlers that got booed from the entire stands no like come on like people we gotta okay. be better now he might have done something to provoke that but that's what we have to prevent yeah we have to prevent all this hatred kind of and i know it sounds you know kind of weird but like that's what we we have to get into a respect right yeah. and you you get into iowa right and it's run by the brands brothers who probably don't respect anybody unless you wrestle for the university of iowa yeah. um so they it's it, it, the atmosphere is maybe different but i, I think that's what we need to change I yeah. think we need to change that atmosphere. And it's just, just because you're trying to beat me does not mean that we have to be um, absolute enemies. Yeah. Well, and let's face it. Compet I mean, every, behind every wrestler was a guy they were competing against that made them better every day, whether it's in the room at the tournaments or. Competition makes you better. Yeah. If that respect is there first and foremost, and the competition is there and now you're collaborating, it's like, Sky's the limit. I think it's going to be so cool for the kids, you know, that are part of that. And coach, even for you as a coach, I'm sure stylistically, when you're around like David Taylor or Askren, I'm sure it's cool getting to see how those, you get to see a little bit inside, you know, looking out. I'm sure that's fun. I'm sure that's really cool. Yeah. I'll tell you what, our first one, this is really cool. I tell the story a lot. Our first one, yeah. my back, I just got a call. I should have put my call on mute. So I didn't yeah. know if it was. Um, so Zach Hansen, right? He's a Lakeville kid, wrestles for Stanford now. Last year, he lost to an M2 guy at our very first fall tournament. Yeah. Um, and he got ridden out by it, right? He, it's all he had to do was, you know, basically not get ridden out, put the match into overtime. You know, we have a good chance to win. And um, he doesn't get out. You know, he's feeling pretty down on himself. Um, I'm coaching the next match, like right after that, and he's kind of sitting down like right next to me and he's, you know, feeling bad yep. and David Taylor comes up to him and I'm coaching and I just kind of noticed that they're talking and I'm still coaching and then I'm talking and, and they're still talking and I'm, I'm still watching this match. And then like David Taylor's like showing him like the move, like, Hey, here, you just need to like cup and cover this. Right. And this is the guy that he was in the opposite corner. Wow. So like he, he, he looked over, he saw my wrestler that was feeling super down on himself. Um, happened to be around that area. Like maybe he's coming up next. Maybe he's walking his way over to another match, but he actually took the time to help our wrestler, the, the pinnacle guy, That's even though it was an M2 guy that just beat him. Yeah. Right. Like, so like Zach immediately, like everything changes. Like he, he's not sad anymore. Cause he's like, wow, this is cool. David Taylor's given me some advice. Yeah. 
seriously you know so like how cool is that so like that's that's what we can we can try to do that like if we start doing it as coaches like and coaches are trying to help each other out in different ways then then the wrestlers will be like hey okay i see how it is and i i heard that from the parent standpoint because i talked to a few parents of how things were going you know at our very first event we had like 220 high school wrestlers yeah. um and they said it was an amazing atmosphere because all the coaches were talking to each other, giggling with each other. I mean, we're trying to work together to make this thing work. Yeah. Um, and so they said it made it a lot easier for them to be like parents. And all of a sudden, they just look to the next guy and like, hey, which one's your kid? And then they then they start talking. And next thing you know, they just made, you know, a small little connection with somebody and they just said it was really cool so that's that's the other like the fourth aspect of the league would be the network okay. like how can how can how can the clubs network how can parents network like there's like networking never hurts you you might be talking to somebody right we we can get parents all around and people just start talking to each other and like what do you do for a living oh i, don't know, I do this okay hey guess what i'm in that same field let me get your name and number because there might be a way for us to help each other yeah you know, it's just it just it's just it can wrestling can be a very small world in, in that aspect of it but if you never take the time to talk to this person to understand what he does then you're never going to get the opportunity so i think that's the, the next side is networking and hopefully kids are networking like i had um in december um my youngest one chase wrestled this kid from immortals um they wrestled you know, at a, at the Yellow Jacket tournament like that. And we were on our way home and, and my son goes, hey, dad, this kid, like Declan, he he wants to be my friend on Snapchat. And I, I my they're sixth, seventh grade. They do have yeah. Snapchat. I don't love it, but it is, it is, it is what it is, right? It's part of the world. It's more or less how they communicate. And yep. um, he's like, can I, can I like befriend this guy? And I was like, yeah, sure. And from that moment, they now will like send each other like messages. Like the one kid, like two weeks later, sent him a text. He's like, God, I lost to this, this kid. And Chase had wrestled that kid before too. So he's like, oh, that's the kid that does this move. You know, he does like a, like, like a Peterson role, right? That's all he does. Yeah. He's like, oh, and that's the Peterson role guy. He goes, yep, he got me in it. You know, like they're just, they're starting the network, which is pretty cool. Oh, cool. That's so, well, and that'll serve them after wrestling because for a lot of us, wrestling does end, and it's like looking back, I mean, that, that could be hard for some people. So having that, like you said, that built-in network, and whether you're getting a job or whatever it is, I mean, that's so cool. That's so yeah. Cool. So we're we're trying. It's, it's still a, it's a progress. We're hopefully going to add up to you know we we had we started with eight, the yeah. second year, which is this year, we have eighteen teams already. Um, so you wow, you've already grown that big, and and we should be at thirty-two by next fall. We have eight committed already, so we have like six more that we're kind of interviewing and and doing different things with and making sure they understand the right message and stuff. So, so you guys are vetting the clubs when they come in saying, hey, is this a fit for you guys, for us? I really Correct. Right. You know, like we're bringing in Seabolt next year. Like that's a huge, like, I mean, they have some really good guys, but they also bring, um, uh, I don't, I don't want to say drama, but like they want to win really bad. You know, they have that type of attitude and, um, but I, I think, I think they can, I think that can work. I think 100%. a guy like TJ Siebel can come into it and be like, okay, I see how this thing's going. I I don't need to hate everybody. Yeah, right? exactly. exactly. And I'm not saying he does. I mean, he's, he's actually a really good person. I think I've talked to him a bunch of times on the phone. And if you don't, if you don't take the time to talk to somebody and understand who they are, then I can see where, like, it, it, it's different, right? Like, if, if if across the mat, a guy like TJ Siebel comes across, like, very, like, I don't know if I like this guy, right? He wants to win really bad. They have really good kids. Like, it, it's just, you know what I mean? Um, but after you get to meet him, you understand, like, hey, it's, uh, he's just quiet. He's just not super social. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And then when you understand that side of it, then it's like, oh, okay, hey, this is, you know, maybe this can work. Yeah. So we'll see, I, you know, all these teams that are coming in, it should be, it should be fun. And I think if it gets bigger and bigger and the message is out there, you just, you have all these clubs around the country that should have a character change of like, I don't need to, I don't need to hate my opponent 
to yeah. wrestle him, to yeah. beat him. I don't, I don't, I don't need that. I just don't need it. We can, we can start this whole aspect of like, Hey, you get done with your match, leave the corner, you know, yep. you know, like help this, you know, like maybe coaches aren't screaming at kids all the time. Parents aren't beating their kids. And like, we see it like Tulsa nationals and stuff where, yeah. Kids are getting slammed up against walls and choke slammed, and you hear horror stories, right? Yep. Yep. Well, I, mean, I have a. Oh, sorry. What are you I have start? a story. Well, I have one story. I won't mention the names, but um, they were at um at Tulsa, and I again don't know if it's true or not because it was behind a, the stall door, but you you heard like a. Yeah. You know, and then and then the kid screaming, and then you hear a. And then a kid screaming again, right? Like we're talking, we're talking like six U, eight U kids. Yep. You know, they're doing that. I had I heard a kid, another tournament, I won't mention the tournament names, but they were cutting weight. They were six and eight U and they had plastics on and they were in a sauna. Not okay. Not to make okay. weight for, for a tournament. Like so okay. like we're just we're just trying to, to change some of that stuff where it doesn't have to be like wrestling's hard enough. You do not need to be cut putting plastics on at eight U and trying to make weight for a night before weigh-in tournament like just it's it's okay like develop it's okay to lose uh, it, nobody wants to lose but you know what we don't need to cut 10 pounds just to make sure that we win yeah like let's just compete we're yeah. at you let's compete let's develop let's get better yes so well, everybody yeah. if all the teams like in the grand scheme of things let's say there's 100 clubs that are part of PL. And if all 100 clubs can have that same attitude and same message, the sport will be better off. The in a nutshell, will be better off. Ever the parents, the kids, everybody. I mean, that's yeah. a great message. Well, and even like you said, the turnover, like you said, wrestling's hard enough. You know, we lose kids to other sports because, oh, well, I can go over here and do this. Or like you said, they it's, go to tournaments and go, oh, that's too. really fun. <laughs> yeah. Now, now they're like, okay, I see what there's a vibe there. I think people pick up on that. Yeah. I mean, so you've been, you and Brandon have been running Pinnacle for how, has it been 15 years, 14, 15 years? Well, yeah. I mean, we started in, I think the fall of 2009, might've been spring of 2009, right? Well, you got done with the Olympics um, in 08 and that was the summer, right? Yep. Yep. So um, I don't totally know if it was that fall. I think it was the following spring, 2009. Okay. that Paulson jumped in on it because I think he just was like no I just got done training Jake and yep. now I'm trying to figure out you know what's going on and um so yeah yeah the, basically it might have been the the fall of 2009 and maybe in the spring of 2000 uh, well it'd be early right but yeah 2009 we joined up yeah oh man that's amazing well and I mean how, like, I know we just talked about PL and so exciting. I mean, you've been doing this 15 years. You've been in the club scene. Like, you were one of the early, and you built yeah. you guys. And well, just as a friend, like, I've worked for you guys. I know it changed my life. It, it taught me so much about wrestling. I know my kids come wrestle for you guys now. And just outside looking in as a friend, too, it's like, just want to acknowledge you guys building one of the best clubs in the country. It's awesome. So we're so fortunate to have you guys. And how have... What changes have you seen in those 15 years? I mean, you guys have placed, I was trying to look for stats. You guys have had like 50 kids on D1 rosters, all these crazy stats. I mean, what kind of changes have you seen over 15 years from the early days to now? Well, I think now it's just way more technical, right? And I, I think that changed kind of when the, um, I think it started to change when they changed the, the weight cutting rules, mm -hmm. right? So when I was in college, they did, they had just changed the weight cutting rules and it took a little bit of time to, to get that changed, but I'll say right around 2000, probably four or five, I yeah. think that's when, that's when you really saw wrestling completely change technical because people were doing less about cutting weight and more about just getting better uh -huh. and just playing around with different situations. Cause the, the technique world, even when we started we look back at our lessons plans because we have them all the way back and we're like, yeah. man, we only did like three things that day. <laughs> you know, like, like we spent a lot of time in just the underhook position, right? And then there yeah. was like another position and then another position, but we spent more time in like very fewer positions. Well, now it's just evolved so much. Like you're spending time in like 15 positions. Wow. And just, just learning how to like, 
move and, and play and like, hey, here, here, we're going to get in this situation and here's here's your options. But like the here's the tricky part is the options are different for each person. Yeah. Like, OK, hey, this guy gets in on your leg, right? You're sprawled on top of him. He's in on a single leg. Well, yep. me being a long guy, I have different options than a short, stocky guy just because I have leverage. I can reach in. I can get ankles. I can do stuff. But a short, stocky guy, like Brandon, he's like, I can't do that. I can't reach that angle. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, so like we have to show two or three different variations for each situation because that guy won't be able to do it. He doesn't have any, he can't reach the, that leg. He's got short little arms, right? <laughs> I, love it. I love it. You know, but I can't, I can't just power lift somebody up like somebody can, yeah. right? In underhook position, like it's, it's different for a short guy. It's different for a long guy, right? So like, I would say the biggest thing for us is just learning to adapt to like, hey, we need to make sure that we're covering everybody's aspect like this guy is a different build than this guy so we have to have two different ways to beat this position for each wrestler wow i mean that's next level i mean <laughs> yeah you're right so you guys are essentially custom tailoring because like you said different body types are gonna have different styles yeah you know? and we work well together because like i was like i may not look long and lanky now but like if you would look at me like back when i was like 66 kilos or 149 <laughs> yeah or even like in high school man like i was this long lanky guy like his arms were so long yeah. i would just dive in and just hang out in this long position right where a short stocky guy could never do that like they just yeah. don't have the mobility for it um so i'm long and lanky and paulson's like short and powerful right so like yeah. um we, we we can cover a lot of ground um being completely different like we wrestled completely different because we had to we were just different builds that's that's the beauty of wrestling it's like you can be successful with this body style this body style yeah so cool now yep. who you guys got in the room helping you out right now in the club it well like so we have you know pat smith comes in right yeah. when he when he can he's still training greco trying to make a olympic team here uh, Mac Ryder's been with us from like back in 2009. Now he's got another job, so he, you know, is in and out, just, you know, how things are. Um, Kevin Lavallee's new to us this year. Yeah. Uh, Owen Webster still comes in a lot. Hunter Marco still comes in a lot, yeah. right? All those guys that are, you know, past pinnacle guys that um, know the system really well. They come in and they help out quite a bit. And we're always, Paulson and I are usually at every single one. And um, Mac and Kevin are probably the next two that are in the most. Yep. It was funny. Kevin was talking to somebody. This is a, a funny little stat. Um, it was Mac. I think we had five coaches in that night. So it was Brandon, myself, Mac, Pat, and Kevin. Yeah. And the next day, Kevin was talking to one of his Pennsylvania buddies, right? And they were just yeah. asking him how the change is. You know, you go from like, what's the change from you went from a D1 coach to now you're a club coach, right? Yeah. And and just like, it's just a, a massive change. And Kevin goes, well, put it this way. Um, there was five coaches in last night and I'm a two-time All-American and I, you know, I'm, I'm like the last college guy to beat Kyle Bake. And he's like, I have the worst accolades out of everybody that was in the room last night. <laughs> that's so like best problem ever you know yeah, it was just it was just funny you just don't you don't think of that right I don't I would have never have thought of that but he's like you know back in Pennsylvania like like I'm Bucknell man I'm the two-time All-American from Bucknell yeah. like I'm I'm the man yeah and he's like now I'm like the fifth coach and I have the worst accolades out of everybody that's uh that's that's in the room tonight that's awesome well, hey I mean even like you know I was looking back and you know, for those of you that want to listen, Jared, you were on the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast with Ryan Warner. I know you guys yeah. into your childhood and the gopher time. That's why today I want to spend more time on Pinnacle and PNL. But to get into that a little bit, like your whole career, it's like even now, like at Pinnacle, you guys have amazing coaches, world-class coaching staff. And then, but you go back to your time at the U or with Dan Taylor at Sandpoint, like do you feel like the impact that a J-Rob had on you or a Dan Taylor or Joe Russell or those, these great coaches that you surrounded that play a big part into what you guys are doing now too? You think? I think so. The only thing I would like to do is I think a big 
part of my success was the fact that I was willing to go really hard. Yeah. Um, and that came from a lot of like my high school coach. I mean, we did a lot of really hard stuff, really, really hard stuff. Like we outworked everybody. He had that, you know, and back then you could outwork people more, right? Like yes. it's evolved now to where it's not always the case, right? It's the, the skill level can play a much more factor than hand fighting, getting a guy tired and being able to go harder than the next guy. Right. But you were the same way you could go extremely hard. And that's the only thing I wish I could do a little more now is that aspect of it. I grew up that way, but it's easy to do when you have five practices a day, high school season. Like we went twice a day, every day, yeah, every day yeah. of the year we went from, from my freshman year to my senior year from basically October 15th to whatever the you know state tournament is usually like the end of February we were yeah. we were twice a day every day the only day we got the morning off was if we didn't have a, an event or if we had an event like if we had a duel that night we didn't have morning practice but most of the time you were you went on your own to morning practice because you had to work out wow right so, so we had right. You had that. And, and our two a days sometimes were like running sprints the whole time and doing circuit training, you know, stuff like that, like really hard stuff. And, you know, then I did all the J Rob camps for a long time where I was working out four times a day and you're running and lifting and wrestling live for two hours. Right. So I had that grind like instilled in me, like it was part of my character and I'm having a hard time do that with our guys. Cause we only get them three days a week. Yeah. Right. And, and those three days a week, like we're trying to get them to develop, you know, to have better wrestling skills. So it's hard to actually get the toughness skills out of it. Right. Like Mac Ryder, he talks about it. He talks about, um, he's like, I wasn't a very, I wasn't super skilled, man. I was really good at the areas that I was good in, but he could go really hard. He could grind people down and just keep going, going and going and going. And so, and Paulson was like that. I was like that. Kevin LaValle was like that. Like all of us, but it's hard to, it's hard to spend time on that aspect of it because we're trying to develop. Yeah. Well, and you only have so much time. Like you said, if you get them three days a week for an hour and a half to hour 45, you only get so much time. So yeah, it's just hard. It's hard to put that real hard work in ethic into it, but that's what I'd like to try to do a little more of. Well, so like with parents, like, right. I know we have parents that listen and kids or what are ways that we can get more gritty? And I'll be honest, like, I enjoy that. Like the mindset side of things. I love it. That's what I enjoy talking to people about. Like, what are ways people can get grittier, you know, outside of your room or is it on their own that when nobody's watching? It might, it might be, but they need, they need a, a kick. Well, think about you, right? I mean, you and Jason Ness decided to go for like a 24 hour hike. Yeah. You know, in the middle of nowhere by yourself. How, how did you do that? Why, what was your mentality? How, why would you, why would you, anybody go on a 24 hour hike? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Right. So at some point somebody told you like, let's be tough. Yeah. Let's be tough. And here's a way to be tough. Yep. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, you, if you didn't have somebody telling you that idea, like how did that idea come up? Yeah. Right. Let's talk about you for a second. <laughs> oh God. Oh no. Let's flip the switch here. <laughs> okay. All right. Right. Cause like you did some really hard stuff. You loved working. I remember when Paulson, when you were in high school and Paulson would, was like talking to Marty, like, you got to watch this Jake Deichler. He's a freshman, but he is, he has a gas tank like no other. Right. Yeah. So how did that come? Did that come natural for you? Um, I, yeah, I think lifestyle, right. You know, like your home, like, I don't know, man. I think I just, I had it. My dream was to be, I wanted to be a great wrestler. I love like, you know how it is. A lot of us as young kids, you, whether it's a state title or going, winning NCAA title or making world Olympic teams, like that was the dream. And I wanted to do whatever it took, how to get there. And you know, at the right time, you know, the right people, like you guys impact so many kids' lives. I, I was fortunate to have, you know, Brandon and you and, you know, the coaches with you, my high school coach, you have the right people at the right time in your life. And looking back, just wanting more, I think just, and I didn't, you know, like you said, back then, maybe it was a little more like, I didn't necessarily know, you know, the road to get there, what that exactly looked like. But I was like, Hey, I can work out two to three times a day. And I knew I was behind, right. I wasn't a great youth wrestler. So sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I was like, if I want to be good, it's, it's, 
like you said, we had a same thing as Sandpoint, our high school, we had a group of about five of us that went in every day before school on our own. And then we would do our high school practice. And then I would get another workout at home. I was working at least two to three times a day every day. But that's, yeah. but like you said, it just, I think it came from within, like, this is, I don't know if this is right, but this is what I think I got to do. You and know? once you start on that path, right, you start working hard and you see the gains from that you see how you can outwork somebody, then it just feeds, it feeds more. But if you, like for us, we just, we don't, I, I wish we almost had a separate practice that was just gritty. Yes. Yeah. Like it's just going to be gritty. And maybe that's something that we need to talk about, right? Like, Hey, it's, it's Friday night grit. Yep. You know, 100%. whoever wants to come, come. And it's just going to be, you know, ways that we can test your mind a little bit. Yes. Yes. Well, I love it. I don't know. I love it. Well, and I mean, do you now you got kids wrestling too, right? You got a you got a couple young yeah. kids up and wrestling as well. And your daughter yep. they're both they're both schoolboys. They both weigh 94 pounds. So I had to yep. I had to sit them down and I'm like, here's the deal, guys. I can't I can't have you guys wrestle on each other. It's <laughs> great. Like I can't like you guys can wrestle in practice. Like I can't I can't deal with it as a as a dad. I just I, I, I won't I won't have it. So I was like, figure it out. Rock, paper, scissor, do whatever. One of you guys is going to have to go up to 97. The other guy is going to have to go down to 92. This is just the way it is. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. You know, so hopefully. Your brother, did you guys, was that kind of the same for you? And He was always bigger than me, though. He was always bigger. Like, we were never in the state, you know, and we were two years apart. My kids were a year and a half apart. So they, on this year, Chase is an October birthday. So he's a super young schoolboy. Okay. So they're both they're both schoolboys versus my brother and I were always two years apart because we were both July birthdays. So we're exactly where we were never in the same. We could have never wrestled each other until high school. And then he was always bigger than me. Okay. And then when you guys went to the U of M, I mean, obviously, yeah. you guys must have. He, he was got smaller. Yep. I grew like my junior, senior year. And that's when he um, was in college. Okay. So that was when my body like spurted a little bit. But and in hindsight, if I could go back, I cut a ton of weight as a kid, like yeah. just non, just nonsense. Real, all like um, looking back on when you were growing up, you're saying you're yep, like, like always like never eating on a certain day. Like when I was like an eighth grader, you know, or sixth grader, it was always yeah. like, like I, I was so consumed with winning, right? Yes. I just, I didn't lose a lot as a kid, never wanted to lose. Yep. And so like the thought of like, eating that day and wrestling at 85 instead of 80 was like no not happening i'm gonna starve myself you know so like I, I i don't know i think there is something to it when your body like when i was a freshman and sophomore um i cut to one oh i didn't have to cut much my freshman year but i had to cut my sophomore year and my junior year a ton mm -hmm. i wrestled 103 112 119 and then i jumped to like 135 Oh, wow. So you hit a spur. But my 119 year was like my worst year ever. Like I literally would jump up to 130 Saturday night and be like, uh oh, I got to get back down to 19 by Tuesday. Miserable. Right. It's just, it was just so dumb. And I, we didn't know how to do it. We didn't know how to cut weight. We didn't, I didn't know how to be disciplined and like not balloon up. And, and I remember that year just being a terrible year. Right. But I had to do it because I had to win. I had yes. to get my third state title. You know, it just was like when you look back at it now and in, in, in the moment you're in your bubble. But right now, like, oh, my God, I only won three titles instead of four. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know? yeah looking back, big picture. <laughs> when, like, when you're good, really you're good. Or... Right. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I, I get it that a four time state champ is really cool because they're rare. But when you really get done with it, I mean, like Jason Ness was a, a national champ for the Gophers. He was awesome. Right. Just, okay. Who knows how many state titles he won? Yeah. Well, he beat me for one of them. So two, I know he won two for sure. But again, right? does it matter? No, he's one like, of how many, how many did his brother Dylan Ness win? One or two. Same thing. You know, like like nobody, nobody really, nobody really knows. Like when you're good, you're good. You're like, good. Nobody cares. It don't matter. But it's just tricky. But uh, how do you tell that to a kid? You know, we have a couple kids in Pinnacle right now that are cutting weight just because they want to win their fourth state title. Yeah. I was like, why are you cutting weight right now? Just go up a weight and, and win that one. But but there's one or two good guys there. That's that's tricky. 
Yeah. Well, you go down a weight. You go down a weight. You got a you got a much better chance because you just you know the names and you're like, well, nobody can stop me at this weight. Yes. Up a weight, I can still win, but I got two people that are good. Like, you know, like what some people some people will go down. Like the 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 hard part of that is cutting weight. That's that's what you get out of it. Like that's the hard match is cutting weight. Once you get down there, you should be okay. Or you yes. can be healthy and strong and thrive on on the idea of like, all right, I got to get better. I got to get better so that I can beat these guys. Like long-term, that's the better plan. Yeah. But I, I get where they're at. I, I understand it. Just, nope. I don't, I don't have an answer for them, but I do think long-term it would be better for that wrestler to just focus on getting better so that he makes sure he beats those two good kids. Yeah. Versus cutting weight and not doing it, but hey, I get well, it. Well, it's, I mean, that's, that's the mindset. I love it. Like, and we've all been there, like you said, back 20, 30 years. Yeah, guys are cutting weight. The rules change. It's short. You know, even like talking about Pat Smith. I just had Pat Smith over here working out. And he was telling me about the training lab. And I was like, I keep seeing this. I'm trying to find out more about him. I mean, what have you seen what this? I mean, he's got some cool stuff going on. I'm trying so, to pick um, Pat's brain as much as I can on it, just because um, I'm, I'm on a big nutrition kick. Because I think there's so many different things that people can do. And there's there's new ways of cutting weight now. I just had somebody telling me now that there's, um, God, it's a, it's like a, a gallon of water a day for six days. And then you cut it to like a half a gallon the last day. And something happens with your body where you just, you just sweat. You just keep losing all your weight. You don't really have to cut weight anymore. It's like, it's a reverse effect. It's like it does something to your body where your body just you just keep pissing water weight out. And the next thing you know, you're lighter. I don't, so I have to awesome. do more research on it. And Pat was, he's doing it. He's, he's in that same idea. Now um, you have to take a bunch of nutrients and stuff with it. Cause you're drinking oh. so much water and stuff. So this is a different, you have to take sodium with it. So I just, yep. I got to do some more recon on it. So I'm trying to, I'm hoping he's kind of, it's kind of secretive. Yeah. <laughs> right. So he's like, well, he's like, this, this guy's the got mystery is there a little bit, the, the mystery, yeah. you know? I have heard stories that Coach Cal, right, he makes the Penn State. Penn State basically in the wrestling world has him locked in. Yes. Like he's not allowed to work with other college athletes. He's signed with them to help their athletes. Yeah. Like post, post, I think you can do stuff. Like if you're an international wrestler, you can, you can do stuff. But, um, and they all, they, they wear bracelets. They have a little bracelet that they wear that he can monitor everything that's going on now i don't know if this is true this is just what i've heard i've heard that he will like call kale in the middle of practice and be like hey snyder needs to be done for the day like his vitals are are off the chart he's exhausted he's gonna get hurt you need to pull him and so kale will go over and be like snyder you're done for the day i don't know i don't know if this is true or not yeah just what i've heard right or i've heard stories of like like this guy's not sleeping good. Like your sleep rhythm is like off and he's like, he's going to get sick. You need to keep people away from him. And then like, everything's real. Like that guy gets ended up getting sick. Right. You know, like they just, they can, they can, they can monitor a lot of stuff from like, he's, he's in California. So he's just sitting at a, he's just sitting and looking at all your vitals and basically trying to figure out what's going on. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's so funny. So my wife, Shelby, is a nurse practitioner. She does functional medicine. In the future, she was telling me of kind of medicine where it's going. And I, I, if you listen to like Joe Rogan here, they wear those whoop straps and you mm-hmm. can track everything. You can track, like you said, the aura rings. I just ordered a whoop strap myself. Like, I'm excited to see how these things work, man. I think it's, you know, crazy. just your sleeping, like find out your sleep rhythm, find out like, what do you need to do? Like if you, it, it takes a while and, um, like Brady Berge was at Penn State. Yeah. He was he was telling me some of this stuff. And um, you have to be very disciplined um, with everything. Like you have to do everything by the book. You like you, you don't get to go out and stay up till midnight, right? Like everything has to be very selfish, routine, um, all that kind of stuff. Otherwise, otherwise they can't track it. Yep. Right. So if you're doing something and then all of a sudden you go out and you're drinking and it's 1 a.m. and you didn't, you know, I mean, like it, it's going to screw your rhythm off for two days. Like, yeah, so you do have to be very disciplined with everything with it, what you're putting in your body, you, like 
exactly what you're told to put in, exactly what you're told to put in fluid-wise, exactly what you're supposed to do sleep-wise, wow. and all that kind of stuff, right? Yes. Future athletes, that's where our kids will be, and they'll all be doing that in five, ten years, probably. Yeah, could be. Well, it's just technology, man. It's getting crazy, right? So it is. It is. It'd be nice to understand it and just sleep can be such an important part, man, just of, of everything. Your your body's recovery, your mental health, like there's just so much stuff that can deal with sleep. Yeah. Well, and last thing I'll, before I let you go, I know we're coming up in well, we're in postseason for a lot of these guys, section, state tournament. Is what what advice would you have or any little snippets you give to guys that are getting ready to to make it happen here in the next couple of weeks? I think more than anything is just belief, right? You got to believe in yourself. You got to believe in your training and you got to believe in your coaches. Like if you can believe in those three things, like, and, and commit to it, like, Hey, I can beat this guy. There's many matches that are, um, I get it. Like occasionally you're going to have a guy that's a freak, right? That like, I need to catch this guy to beat him. But a lot of them is just like, if it's a two to three point match, like that can switch in a heartbeat. Yeah. That's, that's easy. Like that's, like I need to, I need to find a way to get out from this guy to make it a one takedown match. And if it's a one takedown match, anybody can win that match. Oh yeah, yeah. I can get one takedown on anybody. You know what I mean, right? So it's, nice. um, that's what I would say. You know, there's a lot of other aspects that come into like scouting your opponent, but not too much. But just understanding what what they got going on or what they're doing and yep. um, that kind of stuff. But you believe in yourself. You believe in your training. You believe in your coaches. Um that attitude can get you a long ways. That's awesome. Well, well, Jared, I appreciate the, the, the knowledge, man, the time and the friendship and uh, yeah, where, where can people find more? I mean, pinnacle.com or where should, where can people follow you guys? Yeah, man. Pinnacle wrestling school.com has got all of our stuff on there and um, it's, it's, uh, it's good. It's, it's, we really enjoy what we do and trying to help people get better and like, it's fun. That's awesome. Well, yeah, if you guys heard it here, check them out. Get your kids over there. Get some best training in the country. So, well, we appreciate you, Jared. Thank you so much, man. All right, buddy. See you. All right. Have a great rest of the day. We've reached the end of another impactful episode of Thrive Without Limits with your host, Jake Deichler. We hope the insights you shared today will continue to resonate with you on your journey to unlimited potential. Don't miss out on future episodes by subscribing. And if you enjoyed today's content, we'd appreciate your feedback to review. Keep thriving until next time. Remember to live without limits.